Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking about coming into money today. Uh, we've talked about, you know, winning the lottery. Uh, we talked about, you know, inheriting money. Uh, and we were starting to, you we know, were getting into some, some do's and don'ts as far as, uh, you know, financially responsible ways to handle that, that inflow of money. Um, you know, we haven't gotten any calls today, uh, which makes us a little sad. Uh, so I'll give out the phone number one more time, uh, 781-837-4900. Uh, or if you want to send us a text message question, you can uh, do that at 781-775-0116. Um, Mike, I haven't, you know, I haven't heard all these commercials. Uh, I, I, I love the, the new ones that you did with Mila. I think they're really funny. <laughs> <laughs> they are kind of cute, right? Yeah, I like them, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the Lucchetti commercials with the, the grandkids inspired me to do that. Ah, okay. Pretty cool, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we're, we're in the, the home stretch here, folks. We're getting into the do's and don'ts, and maybe nobody's calling because we scared the hell out of them, Kirk. I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes here about coming into money. Or they've made mistakes, they don't want to admit it, or whatever. Uh, anyway, we're trying to help folks. We really are. Uh, okay, don't stop work. Mm. Oh, I just didn't won the lottery. I got six million bucks. That's it. I hate my job. I'm done. Uh, well, let me let me qualify that. Don't stop working until you've waited some time. Consult with a financial planner. Have a, a complete financial plan in place that says it's okay for you to stop working, and then 
you can stop working. You know, there are numerous lottery stories of somebody retiring the day after they won the money. Well, then they might be back working at a slaughterhouse <laughs> 10 years later, yeah. like one of, the, one of those fellows, I guess. Uh, so, you know, b- by the way, a- another thing about working, um, you know, a lot of folks like their job. Uh, I, I put myself in that category for sure. I'm, I'm almost 71 and I'm still working because I, I like it. Uh, and for a lot of folks, working is kind of what you do and who you are sort of a thing. So there, there may be some emotional baggage that comes along with stopping work prematurely that you at least need to think about. Even, even if your financial plan says, hey, you can take a hike tomorrow afternoon and tell them all to take a hike at work, uh, you know, uh, m- maybe it's something you need to do or maybe it's time for you to get do something else that you've always wanted to do that, you know, kind of makes it uh, satisfying and fulfilling for you to, to do that. So, you know, be, be careful about that, folks, uh, and, and make sure the plan says it's okay before you go out and do that. Okay? No, I think, yeah, I think that's that's a big one, I think. Um, yeah. I think psychologically people people are tied to their jobs, and, and that's kind of their... It's who you are. It's their purpose yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes. Ex- exactly. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, they can, you know, to not, to not have that, you know, to get up in the morning and not have that... Um, Sometimes that that leads people down a down a not so great path, and I I think you know maybe maybe, uh, maybe you work less, uh, you know yeah. you know don't don't cold, don't stop cold turkey uh, unless 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 your job is already psychologically killing you, then then, then okay, <laughs> but um, but yeah maybe maybe cut down your hours or or yeah find something else that that you've always wanted to do and now you can afford to do and. Uh, but at least give, still gives you that that drive and purpose. Yeah, we we know lots of folks who fit that description. Yeah. Actually, uh, it's uh, you know there are a lot of these are uh, managerial or tech kind of related consulting type things. But lo- lots of folks have jobs where there's a high level of expertise in a small area, and. They, they are perfectly lined up for doing some consulting, even if they do leave their job, and, or consulting a, a, a two-year-old job, but you don't work there anymore, you're a subcontractor. So there's, there's lots of folks who just choose to work because of a variety of reasons, and so just think carefully about doing that anytime. Okay. Um, let's see. So do create an emergency reserves account. We talk about all, all the time here. Uh, you know, people should have three to six months worth of after-tax living expenses in a bank, okay? Uh, there's a whole lot of Americans, unfortunately, who have n- nowhere near that, okay, given the circumstances. But an emergency reserves account is just a prudent thing to have, and it's basically, uh, you know, a foundation of being financially stable from our point of view. Uh, If you don't have an emergency reserves account uh, and you have a $10,000 emergency, well, you could put that in your charge card and pay them 14% a year, okay, for the rest of your life if you want to do that. So emergency reserves are are, uh, uh, an important thing and... Okay, it doesn't make any difference how much money you have. Well, it might make a difference about how big your emergency reserves are, but everybody needs, you know, uh, uh, X amount of dollars sitting in a bank doing absolutely nothing, not earning any money, okay, but being there if you ever need it for this, that, or the other thing. And so the size of that account obviously depends on a whole lot of things. But please, you know, make sure that you have an emergency reserves. And if you never had one before, you, you know, how good that's going to feel, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. All right, Mike, Mike, we have a caller. All righty. All right, uh, Tim, can we go to Ron in Duxbury? R- uh, Ron, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Good morning. 
hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, good, who's this? This is Kirk and Mike. Kirk, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Ron, how are you? So, uh, full, uh, full disclaimer, I'm uh, a client of you guys, uh, uh, just Ron T. I think you'll recognize what it is. <laughs> I, I, we, we, we know. I, I, rec- I recognize your voice, yes. Yeah. Well, well, no, I just thought, uh, number one, I heard nobody was calling in, so I, I felt, you know, I just tell you out here. Well, all right. Number two, uh, no, I, I think, you know, Mike, you know our situation, but, uh, so, so two questions. One is, um, it's, if you come into Sony, whether it's family or whatever else, and you, you know, you've got a, a good plan with a 401k unit at work and a, maybe an IRA, um, you know, how, how much of that money should you think about? Like you just said, you just answered one question was about keeping three or six months in an emergency fund, which we have. But then think about that money and, and not wanting to tie it up, maybe put it all into an IRA and have it. Uh, be restricted. Um, you know, what's the other options with that? Still give you flexibility, especially if you're thinking about, well, maybe I want to use it for a second home, or maybe I want to use it to pay down some some of my mortgage, or those, those types of things. Why don't you take a run at that, Kirk? Go for it. Well, so yeah, um, I mean, if you so you said you already got the cash reserves um, right. filled up, so right. that's great. So right. yeah, so the next step is yeah, if you want if you want to you know invest the money uh, to some degree, but you don't want to you don't want to uh, quote unquote lock it up uh, you know for retirement. Yeah. Um, then you could, you know, you could invest it in just a, you know, like a brokerage account, you know, where it's, okay. in, you know, where it's in, you know, your, your name or your name or yours and your wife's name. Um, and that's basically, you can still invest it in anything, but it can be used for anything. Uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily used for retirement. Uh, it can be used for, for college, for, 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 a, for a home, uh, for anything. Um, you know the the disadvantage is that it's you know you're going to pay it's not it's not sheltered from taxes along the way, um, yeah. you know so dividends and interest you know you have to pay taxes on, uh, but it's you know it's um, it, it does give you that flexibility. Um, yeah. And then yeah. you know and then and then you get into well how do you invest it and that's kind of based on you know you'd have to tell us you know what are your goals for that money and sure. what's the sure. time frame. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, and the and the biggest. Yeah, and Ron, the biggest one is the time frame that Kirk just mentioned, okay? Uh, You know, if people say... I don't know when I need the money. That scares the hell out of us, okay? Yeah, because sure. you, you know, well, and I want to buy all stocks and make a lot of money. Well, that that's a problem, sort of a thing. So, you know, f- from an investment advisor's point of view, you know, you tell us if. Uh, if and when you need the money and how much. And if you can't do that, we're going to tell you to leave it in the bank. Because what you don't want to own is a 100% stock account that's down 50% when you need an emergency sort of a thing. So, so, so we're very comfortable making investment recommendations, but absolutely the number one, well, your risk tolerance is, is obviously a part of the equation, but how long it would be before you needed that money Okay, it, it is the the key question, and and you know I would tell folks if it's anything less than two or three years, or you're not sure, leave in the bank. Okay, okay. or buy okay. or buy a CD or two, and and I think we've probably had this discussion with you maybe once or twice anyway. So sure. you know, sure. yeah, it's sure. you know sure. the. 
you look around and you see the markets going crazy and people making money and the S&P is an all-time high and say, yeah, I'm going to invest this. Well, there's another side to that equation <laughs> that, that, that Murphy's Law will apply to, perhaps, and, and you don't want to, we don't want to go there. It's not a prudent thing. But, but you know, if we're very comfortable, as it would any advisor be, right, Kirk? You tell us how long you have. We'll get, kind of give you an idea of the level of risk and how you should be invested. But if you don't know, we're, gonna, we're not going to touch that money because... You know, people will call. We've had folks in the past say, here's some money. I'm going to retire in 10 years. Or no, I'm going to retire in five years, and I need $1,000 a month in the portfolio. Okay. Two years later, we'll get a call that says, I'm retired, and I need $2,000 a month. Well, that's a, that's a different thing. Okay. So, uh, so it's time frame primarily. And if you're not sure, I know it's aggravating to not see it earn much money. But the other side of that is it's still 100% there, and, that, and that's, the, that's a really important thing. Okay? Okay. Okay. Hey, one more quick thing. If, yeah, and if, Kirk, i got to run out. Uh, Kirk, I'll be back in a minute. i got a dog here. I'll be right back. You're, <laughs> okay. you're in charge. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Take care, Mike. Yeah, one more quick thing. If, 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 if I did want to use some of that money, uh, if, even if I had a small amount left on my mortgage, what, what goes into the decision as to whether you use some of that quote-unquote, excess or, or whatever, above and beyond your emergency fund or whatever, to maybe make a decision to pay off your mortgage versus, you know, just holding it in the savings account or, or whatever else. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the, our, the the best answer is, you know, when you know when we work with somebody, you know, we have a we have a complete you know financial plan for them. Yeah. We, we can model it, you know, model it, a, a, you know, various ways and see what has the best, you know, long term. Um, like advantage Ex- exactly yeah, yeah, you know because yeah. if you know right. i mean the you know academically you could say well you could invest it and earn xyz percentage per year versus right. versus you know what the mortgage is you know if it's yeah. you know if it's three percent or four percent and you're basically guaranteeing yourself that that return yeah. uh but if you you know if you can earn a little bit more and that money lasts longer and maybe you just use the income to pay off to pay down the mortgage that yeah, might make sense but then yeah so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, you, could, you, you could take that extra say income and just pay it right off the principal. You exactly. Know? You could you yeah, could work yeah, it down yeah. and that and that and that might yeah. be the best, you know, that might be the best, but it all depends yeah. on your whole situation yeah. and how everything kind yeah. of works together and meshes together. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well thank you. Thank you. Um I, uh, enjoy your show. Thanks thanks Ron. We appreciate we know at least we know somebody one person's listening out there. Thanks Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. All right. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Um all right. So we were talking about do's and don'ts. Uh, let's see. Last one we talked. So we were talking about emergency reserves. And just uh, to recap that, you know, typical, you know, rule of thumb is, you know, you want to have like three to six months worth of living expenses. Um, you know, some people, they want to have more. Uh, you know, if you want to have, you know, maybe a year's worth of living expenses. Okay. That's okay. Um you know, at some point, you know, you know, maybe there's too much, you know, because, you know, emergency reserves by, by definition is, you know, it's something that's not, it's not volatile, uh, it's liquid. 
which means you know it's probably not going to earn much. It's probably not going to keep up with inflation. So, you know, there, there, there. At some point, there is a cutoff where you probably want to invest it. But um, you know, three to six months is kind of kind of a good target. Hey, Kirk, I'm back. By the way, you're Sorry back about that. Okay. Well, a, as you know, I'm a bachelor this weekend. My wife is in Marshfield. So, yes. Uh, I have doggy duty, and well, you know what that means sometimes. Liter- so, literally, yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, all right. So, did Ron? We say goodbye to Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He left. He kept me company okay. though while hey, you were gone. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Ron. We appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, Kirk, uh, you see the rest of the list here. Yeah. We don't have time to do it all. Why don't you pick a couple? We start talking about them. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, you talked about okay maxing retirement plans. You kind of touched on that. Yeah. Um, I guess, okay, how about diversify? That's a good one. Um, right. Go for Why don't you go for it? Go all ahead. right. So, you know, diversifying your investments, um, you know, the, the, the example you gave, you know, not all eggs in one basket, um, like, like stock options, you know, sometimes, um, you know, sometimes we see somebody that, you know, has a 401k, uh, with their work. And, you know, if it's, if it's a publicly traded company, you know, sometimes they have incentives or, um, you know, discounts to buy company stock. And sometimes we see people that have maybe too much company stock, uh, inside their 401k. Um, or inherited a huge chunk of company stock from someplace right. in, in one stock. Right. Okay. So, yeah. yeah so, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about inheritance here. And, you know, so sometimes, yeah, if you come into that and you might say, oh, well, you know, my aunt or uncle or, or mom or dad had this stock and so it, it must be a good one. Well, you know, that, that may or may not be the case. Um and you know, may, you know, for maybe there was a reason why they, you know, didn't diversify, but it's not a reason that maybe you shouldn't consider doing that. Um, you know, maybe the stock has had a good run, uh, and and maybe it will continue to do so. Maybe not. And you know, so we're always of the of the opinion that you should, you know, take take some profits, you know, while you have them, and and, and diversify into some other things that, you know, you know, hopefully won't go, you know, won't go down at the same time. Uh, sh- you know, should we go through a bear market, uh, especially if you're you know, at or near um, retirement, uh, when you're you know more vulnerable to those to those downturns. Yep. Um, okay. I didn't mean to surprise you, but there might be some things you want to talk about. And I just I didn't know. Uh, well, I'm kind of looking through them now to see. Um, oh. oh, all right. Uh, giving money to kids. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I, I mean, that's a that's a pretty common one. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a good one to talk about. Um, you know parents, you know, love their children and, you know, they want to, they want to give them money. And I, you know, I totally get that. Um, but sometimes it's at their own, at their own detriment. And, you know, so if you come into some money, yes, you want to share it, you know, you want to, you want to be generous and, you know, you might want to give it to your kids, but, you know, this goes back again to, you know, making a plan and making sure you can afford to give it to your kids. Um, you know, maybe it, maybe you do give them, you know, a little bit. There are there. Are, not only is it, you know, looking at your accounts and looking at your income. You know, there's also tax potentially tax ramifications. Um, you know, estate tax ramifications down the road. Um, I don't know what what's the number these years. Is it fifteen thousand? Yeah, it's about fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So there's there. You know, there are estate tax. You know, you can you can gift uh, money to to another individual up to up to fifteen thousand uh, dollars per year without any, you know, 
tax or estate tax ramifications. But but above that, uh, and you need to be cognizant of how that might impact your uh, your estate taxes um, down the road. Uh, so there are there are always little things you need to be aware of when uh, when you know moving money around from from individual to individual. Um, and I think people yeah people often over you know. You know, overspend. I mean, co- I don't know if you have college on this list here. I, uh, I do. Yeah, but let's talk about that. I mean, obviously, if you inherit a huge chunk of money, maybe you know you decide you have. Well, I can just set aside three full college educations for my young kids, or f- three full college educations for my grandkids. You know, sort of a thing. Well, you know, that that that's a a big number, and can you afford it? You know, maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Goes back to a plan, but you know, that, that's a big expense that needs careful thought and consideration. Well, I think a good, you know, on that on that topic, I mean, I think I think maybe the 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 safer approach would be yeah, go ahead and set it aside, but maybe not necessarily give it to them now. Yeah. Uh, that way if if it if the time comes and you can give it to them, great. Uh, but it but if not, then you know you've got it set aside, um, you know, just in case. I think that's probably the more the more prudent way to approach that. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, there's one I, I didn't want to talk to. Don't confuse capital with income. Okay. Uh, this <laughs> easy to do. Uh, Folks, uh, you know, let's assume you have uh, $3 million and you just, you're, you're going to invest it and, and you can use that money that it generates to live off of. Well, you know, if you invest money, you can earn money through income from some of the investments that you spit off and from appreciation if you happen to own some stocks in your portfolio over the long run, not guaranteed. Okay. So, as an example, you know, we suggest to folks that if you have about a 60% stock and a 40% bond strategy, somewhere around 5 to 7% a year. We think that's a reasonable, not guaranteed return on your money. Okay, let's use the 5%, Kirk. Okay, that 5% is composed of income that you get steadily, maybe 2, 2.5%, and, and the rest of that is growth. Okay, but you know we, we, we think it's reasonable over the long run that you can earn 5% on average, hopefully, okay, in that portfolio. Well, if you put $3 million in, in a portfolio, you know, 5% of $3 million is what, 150000 bucks, right? Is that, uh, uh, 100 and- Oh, five percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know, if you if you take one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from your portfolio or less, well, first of all, you you didn't confuse capital, okay, with what your capital earned. You took your earnings. Maybe that's a better state. Right. And by the way, if you took a hundred. Well, son of a gun, uh, you'll actually see your capital grow because you're taking less than what the portfolio can earn. Well, but if you take $400,000, then then you obviously are taking more than can earn, and that's when you get into the slippery slope. So anybody can take more than the capital earns, and if you do start doing that, even though it looks like a big chunk of capital, it's going to disappear sooner or later if you continue that action. And that's people don't get that. It's It's like kind of amazing sometimes to me. Right. And the, you know, the other thing that we often talk about is, you know, starting at a, you know, when you start taking money from a, from a portfolio, you know, if you start at a, at a lower amount that gives you room to, you know, to increase it over time as, as your, you know, as your expenses are inevitably going to increase, you know, just, just with inflation, even if, even if nothing else changes, uh, you know, things just get more expensive over time as a, as a rule. Um, And so if you, if you, if you start off taking, you know, taking what you're earning, uh, then inevitably you're, or, you know, you're going to, you know, be tapping into the, you know, eating into principal, uh, before you know it. 
Yeah, maybe the, I don't know how much time we have, not much left. Maybe yeah, the. I got uh, about four minutes. Plus yeah, minus. okay. Um, you know, if it's a pretty good chunk of money or large chunk of money and it's going to survive you, then, then people start thinking about, well, what, what do I do with the money when it's gone? And, and uh, by the way, that's a, a very good reason to, to, to talk to an estate planning attorney that you hopefully have uh, on retainer right now or that you're working with. Uh, but, you know, large chunks of money need to be taken care of. I'm sure people want to have a legacy and see that money continue forever. Well, there's an awful lot of planning that goes on when it comes to distributing money to your heirs and uh, we've seen some good and bad stories on that part so you know if, if the money is going to survive you which I hope is the case and if there's a chunk of it uh, and, and, you know you have this delightful problem I guess of trying to figure out what the best way uh, is to have that money distributed to those people and charities and organizations that you want to uh, and uh, the bottom line is that could involve some significant planning on your part uh, with regard to a whole bunch of issues, uh, primarily amongst them uh, kids' ability to handle money and circumstances like that. So, so you know, thinking about what to do with it after you're gone is is, is on that list for everybody, and uh, just something you need to do. Right. So um, yeah. So like one thing on that on that line is you know perhaps setting up a trust, uh, yep. or or a couple trusts, um, you know something that can. You know, control and and manage the the money. You know, after you're gone, uh, so that you know, so that a young person or or maybe a um, you know a, a financially challenged person uh, maybe doesn't you know come into all, all that money all at once and, and do any of these things that you know these mistakes that we've been talking about. Um, so I think yeah, if you're if you're trying if you're thinking about thinking long term, um, you know, talking to an attorney about a, about a trust is is perhaps a, a, a probably a pretty good thing to do. Yeah, and that's two shows of material right there talking about trusts, right? <laughs> okay. Something like that. Okay, yeah. and last and not least, we're probably going to be running out of here. I think that, you know, folks, you kind of have to watch this and review everything on a pretty regular basis, preferably yearly. So you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on in your life. Uh, we, we would tell everybody out there, whether you inherit money or not, you know, check on your finances every year. Sit down, spend a few hours or, or a couple of days or parts of days, you know, looking at your expenses, looking at your income, looking at your investments, uh, checking on your plan. You know, if you had a comprehensive financial plan in place, you know, go, go visit your certified financial planner practitioner and say, I want an update. How am I doing? What's going on? What do I need to do? Do I need to change anything? So you need to kind of stay on top of this, folks. Uh, big big money comes with big responsibilities, I guess, and, and not a little work if you're going to do it right. Okay? Oh. I hear, some hey. I hear some music. Hey, Kirk, thank you for keeping me company this morning. I very much appreciate that, by the way, okay? I, I owe you one. Okay. okay. All right, folks, this is, uh, we're, we're signing off. I hope you have a great day and, uh, uh, and a great spring. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, Mike. Bye-bye.